Thank you for joining us today for The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of October 2nd, preached by Brother James Ross. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen. Here now is Brother James Ross, preaching from Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. from Lifehouse Church over in College Hill. Uh, The church there will soon in May of next year be 15 years old. We had the privilege of starting that church uh, and we reach out to the community through food and clothing. Uh, Many of our people have been in jail or prison. Many, many, many of them have been in the streets. Uh, Most are low, low income and yet we see God's hand and see the Lord save people. I uh, preached last Sunday at Cornerstone Baptist Church, not far from us. That's the cool thing about being a co-pastor. I can go and do what I want to. <laughs> my son is my, my oldest son is my co-pastor, and he leads the music and the praise band. And then if I'm not there, he gets to preach. Amen. And I go do what I want. I'm old. And so, so I was there last Sunday. They don't have a pastor. You guys don't have a pastor. You're not alone. There are many churches right now praying, seeking, and looking for a pastor. I want to help you as best I can as an old preacher to get your mind in gear and maybe your seats will follow. Because the very fact is we're living in a very pivotal situation right now. I'm not here to talk about politics. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, or confused. It doesn't bother me. But what I will tell you this morning is this. If there was ever a time that America and the world needed a church and needed Jesus, it's today. We don't want to be confrontational. We don't want to beat people over the head with the Bible. But if we would be the salt and light that He has commanded us to be, we would make a big difference in our world today. The church is sitting silent, many times rocked to sleep, and yet we play church every Sunday. We're friendly to each other, but as far as that goes, we meet and then we go home and we consider ourselves to have had a good time because we went to church. The world is dying and going to hell in the shadow of your steeple. I love the BMA. It was an old BMA preacher that came out all the way to the country and won my mom and daddy to the Lord a thousand years ago. His fervor, his heart, his love for souls is that of a dying breed today. What I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is just from my heart to you. The challenge before you. I believe your church is at a crossroads. You're looking for a pastor and can I help you understand that there's a big difference in a preacher and a pastor. You can get a hireling if you know what that means in the book of John. A hireling is a shepherd that hangs around as long as you're paying the bills and footing the money. 
But let trouble come. He hightails it out of town. A shepherd loves his sheep. Can I say that again? A shepherd loves all of his sheep. Even the goats that you have in church. I'm sure Central doesn't have any goats. Quit pointing at each other. Every member is to be loved and discipled and ministered to. But we're in an age where men are taking the position of pastor and it becomes a vocation instead of a calling. I never shall forget when I was called into the ministry. I never for, shall forget. It's just as real as the day I was saved. I remember the day I surrendered, and I remember when I took my first church. The fact is, the world needs some pastors and some churches that will motivate its members to reach their community for Christ. So I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 5, 15-17, where it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, verse 16 is important, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time, buying back the time, making most of your time. I am a firm believer that Jesus is soon to come. If you can look at the news, if you can watch the papers, if you can get on your iPhone or whatever phone you've got and follow news, it's without a doubt we're living in the last days. Boy, I'm old when I look at the news. Because things that weren't even whispered about in the dark are now parading down the street with flags and, and everything else and everybody's so celebrating everybody and we don't know if we're a male or a female or an it and now you try to choose your own personal pronouns and I'm, I'm blunt, okay? And Ronnie, where'd you go? He invited me to come back. I said, let's do one service at a time because after today I probably won't be back. Because <laughs> I'm being very light with you guys. My people can take it. In our church, we don't worry about pronouns. We figured that God made us male or female. And if you're not sure which one it is, we have a restroom. You can go and check it out. Figure out which one you are. And you say, oh, I can't believe he said that in church. You said it in your car and in your house. <laughs> amen? It's either amen or oh me. It's time that we redeem the time. And one of the ways we can get ready to redeem the time is, are you ready? Look with me, if you will, in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or arrived, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. The first thing I think you need to do as a church to get ready for your new ministry and new pastor is forget some of the past. We determined this morning that Cindy and I have not been in this building since 2011. 
That's when Cindy's dad, who was a member here, had his funeral service here. There was a day that Central Baptist Church had more preachers in the pews than they had deacons. Ten, eleven preachers at the same time. I think Central was the home of unpastored preachers. They're looking, but they were filling up the building. There was a time that the church was overflowing. There was a time when the church, and I'm not saying you're not now, but was on fire. But as a church, we all experience mountaintops, and we also experience some valleys. If you're looking for the perfect church in Texarkana or anywhere else, please don't join another one because you'd mess it up. There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect pastors. There are no perfect situations. But as a member of this church, there's been some things that have happened and maybe somebody said something, did something, somebody, whatever, I'm not even a member here. I don't care what went on. It might do you good to forget it. Forgive, forget, let it go. How many of y'all are the, the kind of people like some married couples? You kind of have a squirmish and you have words and then you make up and then about six months later you have another one and they go, well, on July the 4th at 3 o'clock on 2022. <laughs> really? You remember that, do you? I just... I forgave you, but I didn't forget. <laughs> really? Well, okay, maybe you need to forget some things. Forget the past. Celebrate your history. Remember the good times. But the junk needs to go. And it doesn't need to keep being brought up over and over and over and over. Go ahead and get it out of your system. Have your little pity party. Forgive it, forget it, move on. You can't change back there. But you can go from here to a new start. If God were through with Central Baptist Church, you'd close your doors tomorrow. Forget the past. Look at verse 13 again. Reaching forth unto those things which are before I don't know what your future looks like. But I can share with you a couple of things that I think might help you. Some of us in this church need to refocus and revive your call as a church. Somebody that knows the history. How long has Central Church been around? I know you were at the Magnolia location a thousand years ago. What's the anniversary of the church? What was the start date? Does anybody remember what year? Do you know? <laughs> is the church over a hundred? Nineteen thirty-six. A band of believers got together. I don't know how many there were. Could have been five. Could have been fifty. And they banded together for the purpose of constituting a local church that would be a mission field to reach the world. The mission hasn't changed. 
I don't want to upset anyone, but I notice you do have a side door and my vehicle's right there. <laughs> I don't have a problem with fellowships, ladies' meetings, men's meetings, garage sales, you do your thing, whatever. But that's not the call that God has given us. Those are just extras. Hope I can do this. We got a call last night after midnight. The one of our men died last night. I'm going to share something really quickly with you because he was in the shadow of our steeple. He lived one block over. Very angry man. Addicted. Unfriendly. He hated me when he first met me. And I had to be real careful and say the feeling was close to mutual. I didn't hate him, but he was just a honry, just in your face kind of. Jay's a tall, young, 45, 46-year-old black gentleman. Hard life. Been in the streets. He'd come to church and no feeling whatsoever. We have a small building, so our pulpit's on rollers. And we roll it out of the way for the invitation. And that one Sunday morning, Jay came forward and said he knew he was lost. Now this is a big old guy. You know, man's man. He wasn't going to be a crier. And I had the privilege of kneeling with him on the floor of that altar and him crying out to the Lord to please forgive me and come into my heart and save me and big old tears. And he gave me a big bear hug. We had the privilege of seeing him baptized there. Has seizures all of his life and had a real bad episode a couple of weeks ago. Was in ICU and was even on a ventilator. Got better, got out, was struggling, kept hurting around his ribs, and he thought maybe it was because he had fallen when he had that multiple seizures and the ambulance picked him up. The doctors, he'd gone back, and doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. He went from one hospital to the other Friday. The other hospital put him immediately into ICU. His lungs had filled up with blood clots, and his heart had blood clots, and by midnight, he checked in Friday night, by midnight, Saturday night, he was gone. Now, our church is sad, but our church is glad. Because, you see, we didn't lose Jay. Jay made it home. Now, why did I tell you that? I'll tell you why I told you that. There's some Jays behind this church. There's some J's right over here. There's some J's right over there that need you to love people. Red, yellow, black, white, rich, poor, tall, skinny, short, fat. They all need a Savior. This church constituted itself to reach people. 
I, again, I have no problem with your fellowships. You can take your little trips and go to Jefferson and eat at the Cornbread Palace or whatever that thing is. You can go and do whatever you want to do. But your mission isn't those things. Your mission is to reach people with the gospel. What good, and I'm sure I'm going to offend someone and it's all right. What good is going through 42 Bible studies if you don't ever practice what you've been studying? If you don't actually get out of your seats and reach people, what good is having 42 Bible studies? And me and you ought to go to that Bible study. They're going to have it. Sounds like it's going to be good. But when you get there, learn it and go out and use it. Forget the things in the past, but reach for a new vision. I don't know what God has in store for your church. But I'm reminded of a lady that her son sent her overseas to Europe as a gift. She didn't want to go. She was a real old lady. She didn't want to go, but he said, Mother, you love church. This is a tour. They're going to take tours of all the old cathedrals. And, and this little lady was a, a happy Baptist. We call them Bapticostals. That's what we are. And she had had all of those buildings that she could stand and they would go through and the windows were built in 1400 and this arch was built in beautiful, beautiful buildings. And, and they, she just had it up to here. They didn't talk about Jesus. They didn't talk about anything that was important to her. And they said she had her big Bible with her and had it in her arms. And the guide said, any questions about this cathedral? And she said, yeah. How long has it been since anybody got saved up in here? That's my question to you. Thank God I hear that one did just recently trusted Christ. I'm excited when people get saved, but our work is to reach just one more. Just one more. Just one more. Never get satisfied. Renew your vision. Love people where you find them. Meet their needs and try to reach them for Christ. But I want to also help you remember something else. In Joshua 24, 15, I want you to remember who you serve. You've had some great pastors over the years. Woo! Some good pastors. They're gone. You didn't serve them. And if they were the pastor I think they were, they would have told you to remember who you serve. Joshua 24 and 15, you remember the, the episode that was happening in the life of Joshua? God's people were kind of floating between the two, uh, lived the world on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, I'm going to serve God on Sunday. Boy, it sounds like the modern church, doesn't it? And Joshua made this statement. Let me flip over there. And I could read the entire passage, but I'm going to just go with verse 15. Joshua told the children of Israel, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then he said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pastors come, pastors go. 
You've got to keep serving Jesus. He's the only one with nail prints in His hands. He's the only one with nail prints in His feet. He's the cornerstone. He's the head. He's the foundation. We owe our allegiance to the One who died for us, saved us, and is coming back to get us if we'll only, only be vigilant as a church. We'll be excited about His coming. We, don't, we say we want to go to heaven, but we don't want to go today. Well, the older I get, the more I long for His coming. Wow. You remember the old song, What a Day That'll Be? What a Day That'll Be? Anybody remember that old? See, I, my first church was Bodcall Number 1 Missionary Baptist Church in Bodcall, Arkansas. And it was so far out, they piped sunshine out there. And I'd never pastored till my first church there. They ran about 70. And they confused me the first month I was there. I was so young and stupid. Still am. I'm just old and stupid. My wife's daddy had pastored the church there when they were born. And then all these years later, she married me and then I had surrendered the ministry and we ended up there as my first church. And they just totally confused me in that when you walked in the church, you didn't sit with your family. You sat with your part. Altos sat together, tenors sat together, basses sat So I'm the preacher, I'm brand new, and I'm sitting up front. And I, I didn't know a lot of the old songs. They had like three hymn books, and they didn't have one song director. They had everybody could lead. And it seemed like everybody could play the piano. And every child could lead. And normally it was, uh, we called her Mole, but her name was Lola May. Old lady got up and she'd say, number 37 in the Heavenly Highway Hymn Book, Marianna, come play for me, please. And they just sang their parts and it was so good. And it sounded like heaven. They'd all sing their parts. She'd get there and she'd go, Brenda, would you lead the next song? And Brenda would get up and come around, and this one would go down, and she'd say, uh, Jimmy Bob, would you play the piano for me, please? Now, you'd have four or five piano players. time church was over. But they could sing like heaven. They confused me because I sat on the front and didn't know parts, and my wife sat behind me, and I'd sing with the altos a little bit, and then I'd sing with the tenors, and I sang with the bass. I'd just grab me something. To, and after about three Sundays, my wife tapped me on the shoulder and said, James, you need to find a part and stick with it, please. <laughs> I said, I like all the parts. I'm just doing what I want to do. Amen. But that little church had a mission in their area. They wanted to reach people. And they loved the Lord. And they loved being together. And they loved singing. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, that church fixated in my mind that they were the bride of Christ. And that they were on mission. And some of the people they reached, wow. And you'd think that in a community that had a sign that said, Vodka, Arkansas, population 78, and there were five BMA churches within a seven-mile radius, and if you added up all the attendance, it was close to 350, 400 people were going to church, but the population, where did these people come from? Are they counting the dogs and cats too or something? But their mission, they, they knew who they served. Listen, 
Preachers come and preachers go, and I want you to love your past pastors, but you've got to make room for the next one, but your allegiance belongs to Jesus. Remember who you serve. And remember who you're going to answer to. Jesus is coming soon. And He wants to find you faithful. He wants to find you focused. He wants to find you in His Word. And He wants to find you on mission. I wish we'd have never, ever, ever let Baptist churches, when new people join, sit them on the front row. You come down the aisle and say, I want to move my lander. And they say, oh, welcome. We're glad you're here. Sit over there. And then we wait till the end of the service. Because nine times out of ten, they don't ever get up. They just sit for the rest of their tenure. Remember the old song? We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work. Doesn't say anything about we'll sit till Jesus comes. We'll sit. We'll complain till Jesus comes. We'll complain. We'll gripe till Jesus comes. We'll gripe. That's not what the book says. The book says we must be about our Father's business. An elderly black gentleman said one time, an old preacher, that a lot of churches today are doing church work, but not many of them are doing the work of the church. There's a difference in church work than it is the work of the church. What's the difference? The mission of this church ought to be to reach one more person. Clark, somebody's on your job needs Jesus. Somebody at your neighborhood needs Jesus. Somebody at your school needs Jesus. Somebody at Walmart needs Jesus. And they're going to die and go to hell if you don't love them enough to tell them about Jesus. And I don't hear many preachers preaching about hell anymore. It's all roses and sunshine. But as sure as there's a heaven, there is a hell. And as sure as there is a devil, there is a Jesus. And as sure as there, there is a, a, a sentence for sin, there is a blessing for trusting Jesus. I'll never forget and I'm thankful for that country preacher that won my mom and daddy to the Lord because it made a difference in my family and my family and my kids' families. Because of that, the generations have come and gone. I'm going to give you something else really quick. Colossians 4, 5, or excuse me, Romans 13, 11, and 12. Again, let me turn back over there. I want to go right back as a jumping point. It says, And that knowing the time, it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. What did he say? Do you know what time it is? Now you're Baptist, you probably do. Most Baptists can tell, oh, it's almost 10.45. If we don't hurry, we won't beat the Methodists to lunch. What time is it? What time is it? It's time for us to wake up. I'm old-fashioned. Our church has altars, and we don't make any bones about it. I'm talking about we got Pentecostal altars. 
freestanding altars. The church has grown cold because we don't bend our knees like we used to. Humble yourself in front of God. I hate to tell you, but we're just nobodies that was found by somebody who loved us and saved us and wants us to tell other people about His grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. There's nothing good about James Ross. I'm a sorry old sinner, but I believe that my Jesus loves sorry old sinners just like me and wants to save them and cause them to have eternal life. How many of you remember when you got saved? I don't mean, you don't have to have the day and the date. I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, but I just think it's, I was called, I knew I was called to the ministry, and we went to Daniel Springs Baptist Camp in Gary, Texas. Anybody know where that is? Anybody ever attended that? Now, I'm old. This is when we had the open-air tabernacle. Does anybody remember Charles Bobo, the missionary to Japan? Did anybody in this room know his mama? Well, his mama would come to camp. And that year, she's a big gal. Now, I'm not talking big. I'm talking about big gal. Big gal. And she wore, she wore like the grannies used to, those cotton dresses. But she was an old-time Baptist. And she'd sit on that back row, if you're facing it, over on this side. I didn't know the woman, but she like to scared me to death. There was like six or seven hundred kids and adults in that open-air tabernacle. And we were singing, you know, the modern songs of that age. And then somebody started leading an old hymn, and that, or not an old hymn, an old song that said this. Remember what day you were saved on, and if you don't remember the exact day, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then at the end of the song they're going to sing someday. Then if you knew what day it was, you'd stand, if you didn't know, you'd stand up on someday. And all of a sudden they got us to standing and everybody was clapping and they were singing, Glory, 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 somebody touched me, glory, glory, glory. And then it was on a Monday, it was on a Tuesday, and as, as uh, your day came, they would stand. They got to a Sunday, and directly, Sister Bobo stood up, and you could hear her for 32 miles. Woo! And she commenced having herself a Pentecostal Baptist time. She was happy because she remembered getting saved. Some of us aren't joyful because you can't even remember. You don't even think back that far. The only way you're going to have joy and salvation is remember what it was like to be lost. How, how full of joy are you? I'm not going to ask your minister of music to tell me how hard it is to get some folks to sing. Some of us look like we were raised on sauerkraut and weaned on pickles. Miserable. Question. If a lost man accidentally showed up one Sunday that you don't know, do you think he would want what y'all got? Or, or he would say, well, hmm, folks in the bar look happier than these folks. I hope not. I hope he would want it. 
We need a joy unspeakable full of glory. We need to redeem the time. It's time to quit wasting time. Colossians 4 and 5 says that we should have a good report with those that are without. The community needs to know you're here. Not a drive-in church, but an expanding church. Get out of your box. Start reaching people. Start doing something. And I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying we could always do more to love on people. Real quick, there are souls that need to be saved. There are families that need to be healed. There are addictions that need to be broken. There are hearts that need to be revived. And you're, you have the answer. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Ephesians 8 and 9 is the Baptist sugar stick. Almost every Baptist knows Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, but they forget to read verse 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's 8 and 9. But verse 10 says, But you were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. You are saved. And you're not saved by works. I don't work to get saved. I work because I am saved. I love Him enough that I'm going to give my time. I love Him enough that I'm going to try to tell someone else. I love Him enough that I'm going to try to grow His church. I love Him enough that I'm going to try to minister to people. And you probably know, some of you older ones will definitely know the old hymn that says, Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave. Weep for the erring one, lift up the fallen, for our Jesus is mighty to save. Jesus is in heaven, his Holy Spirit is on earth. You are his hands and feet. And if we don't go, who will? And if we don't love, who will? We can sit and sing and study. Till he comes back while the world is burning down around us. I'm going to selfishly tell you something. And you're not going to make me quit praying like this. I pray that you get a preacher slash pastor that will love you beyond words, that'll be bold, that'll be biblical, that'll be on fire that will stir you and not take no for an answer when it comes to reaching people. He won't just preach about it. He'll lead you out there. He'll be the one to help you love on folks in ways that you never dreamed. And my prayer is, when you get out and go, that all of a sudden God's going to bless and you're going to see every seat in this room full. And you might have to stretch and move them closer together to be able to put another row or two. Is it possible? Hmm. With my Jesus, all things are possible. Is it possible that you would have to baptize every Sunday? That could happen. I know a church right now, almost every Sunday they're baptizing, and they have the worst location. They're in Sims, Texas, at Crossroads. The goats are across the road. You see a few houses. People have to drive into the church. They're baptizing almost every Sunday. 
And they're seeing the church grow and reach. Uh, they're volunteering at the school to do the, the snack shack during ball games. But they wear their church shirts and serve the refreshments. They get out of their box and do free garage sales just to be able to get people to come so they can meet them. There's a million things you can do. But you've got to get up off your padded pew and do it or it's never going to get done. Jesus never told the world to come, but he told the church to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Central church, while there's time, get up and let's go. While there's time, recommit yourself to the Lord and to his church. It might do you well today to say, Lord, I've been a little discouraged. I've been a little put out. Of course, I know y'all are too super spiritual. You can't say, well, uh, Lord, I've just been downright mad about everything. You're just going to have to say, Lord, here I am. And this whole situation has chapped my hide. But God, I give it to you. And I recommit to you. And I recommit to my church. Anybody can leave. When the going gets tough. Does anybody know anything about Texarkana? You know, the church hoppers? We used to laugh because there's a circuit that we preachers know about. You get mad at me at my church, you're going to end up at Trinity. You, you get mad at Trinity, you're going to end up at Cornerstone. You're gonna go, and normally they make, it's almost like they've got an unwritten book that says you get mad, you go to this one. Oh, wait, you got mad again? You go to the next one. It's, it's time to be committed somewhere. Be committed here. Be faithful. Give. Work. Attend. Don't just talk it. Do it. I love y'all, and I'm praying for you. And the reason I could preach like I preached this morning, and I was really light on y'all. Real light. Ask Cornerstone last week. <coughs> it's because I don't work for you. I work for him. And can I give you one free one? When you call a pastor, he's not going to work for you either if he's the, God, the man God called. He may get his paycheck from you, he works for him who called him. Love him. Follow him. Get behind him. Don't talk a good talk, but get up and walk a good walk. I pray for you that God's going to do something through this church that people are going to talk about all over Texcana. And you know Texcana talks. In about... Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Word Podcast. Our prayer is that this episode builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with our Savior. May God bless you in this week to come.